<laughs> All right, let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Parker Kane. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Upbeat. I share a lot of motivational stuff and info on social media, music, and entertainment, but I will also be sharing my personal experiences and interviewing all kinds of other people for their stories and their experiences, finding and pursuing what they really love to do. Let's get into it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Teton Guitars and Chesbro Music out of Idaho Falls, Idaho. And I actually just got a Teton guitar myself, and let me tell you, it is incredible. The build, the quality, the feel, the sound, the tone, it is all there, and I am really impressed. They also have a wide variety of other brands, instruments, accessories, and sheet music, so definitely go check them out. And if you're not from around here, you can still shop at ChesbroRetail.com or TetonGuitars.com. But if you're near me, then go to their Idaho Falls store at 327 West Broadway and mention the code 0430. If you mention 0430, Chesbro Music will give you 10% off your purchase for coming from this podcast. And this offer is good through April 30th. There are some exclusions that may apply, so be sure to ask a sales associate for all the details. Hey guys, this is Upbeat. I'm your host for the day, J.D. Packer. I'm not the usual host of Upbeat, but we're doing things a little differently today, and I'm going to interview your host and creator of the show, Parker Kane. For any of you who've been listening to the show, or for any of you who are just finding the show, it's important that you know who your host is and more about the person you're listening to each and every week. Parker is an American beatboxer, musician, speaker, podcast host, and entertainer. He is best known for his viral video, Beatboxing with a McDonald's Cup. This video struck the world and was cleverly titled McDubstep by the viewers and by the many publications who share the video, such as Viral Hog, MTV, Huffington Post, Daily Mail, Snapchat, Unilad, and Lad Bible. This video has been traveling all over the internet for over three years now and has generated well over a billion views. Parker has since appeared on many stages around the country, like Isaiah Fest, where he opened for the famous shark from Shark Tank, Damon John. And then, of course, his two TED Talks, where he was able to share his story of going viral and inspire people to follow their passion. He's also been featured on some different TV shows, including Outrageous Acts of Science, America's Got Talent, Ridiculousness, and The Steve Harvey Show. Now that we're caught up today, Parker wants to really kick off a career beatboxing, public speaking, and podcasting. His dream is to inspire people every week and motivate them to do what they love and live their ultimate lives. I'm excited for this interview. I hope you are too. Let's get to know your host, Parker King. So I am here with Parker Kane. Dude, that was just so cool to hear, man. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. This is Upbeat. I'm your host, JD Packer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm here with Parker today. Uh, Parker asked me to, I've been on a previous episode, and Parker asked me to come on and to interview him because you guys as listeners want to know more about the person that you listen to all the time. So we thought it'd be a good idea to do a podcast together. And he asked me to host the podcast and ask him the questions. So for, welcome, for Parker. A, for a few reasons, too. Oh, let's hear I, should, it. I should say those reasons. One, congratulations, you are the most popular episode I have. Oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Episode four, guys, Cold Feet with J.D. Packer. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yep, that's the most popular episode. Um, and then two... You work at a radio station and you interview people, and so I know you have that skill set. Yeah. And then three, you're a good friend and you know me pretty well. So whatever questions that people have for me, I'll feel comfortable to answer answer whatever <laughs> in front of you. So sweet. Thank you. I'm excited to do this. Uh, we have a list here of all of the questions that people have been asking um, over social media, whether that be through Instagram. Um, I'm assuming any other ways have they been sending them? Um, there were a few questions that came from Patreon. Um, and then there were quite a few questions, honestly, that came through the upbeat phone number that I have, which if you have any more questions, guys, for future episodes, it's 208-557-1089. But 
no one no one called in which i think is interesting because i think it'd be cool if you called in because then we could take the clips and put the put their voice in the episode oh yeah but every every single person from the phone number texted in uh, and they didn't leave their names so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know there's random phone numbers but I will still take the questions. Sweet. Well, we got a massive list here, so I don't think we're going to be able to get through all of these, but we've highlighted some that we thought would be good. I've got a couple questions of my own that I want to ask you that I think people would be interested in. Mm -hmm. So it will be good. Um, Obviously, people have been listening to you uh, since you've been doing your podcast. Maybe some of their general questions, I guess, is where you're from and what what you do you know one of those standard get to know you questions i guess <laughs> yeah to like get to know the host yeah for sure um well i'm parker kane uh and i am i was born in colorado near denver in a small city called Greeley. lived there until i was like 10 uh and then i've lived in idaho ever since and i've been in a bunch of different cities uh boise meridian area twin falls pocatello and rexburg cool so I just kind of claim Idaho. <laughs> Idaho's home. Pocatello is where I went to high school, so and that's where I know you from. That's so. right. That's right. And I guess uh, so. Why you do this podcast? And and um, I guess one of the questions we should ask is, what uh, what keeps you wanting to do this podcast? Two big reasons come to mind right off the bat. Um, one is like a selfish reason. I think it's going to be something that keeps me growing and improving uh, so it's like a constant challenge kind of a thing mm-hmm. like and then the second reason is because I know that there's nothing bad that could come from doing the podcast only good can come from it because mm-hmm. it's meant to be you know motivational uh, give you your boost for that week you know kind of a deal so doing those things I hope to touch a lot of other people's lives and influence and inspire them so those are the two big reasons. And would you say the podcast itself is a influence on kind of why people should be motivated to chase their dreams and stuff? Yeah, definitely. It's passion-based and just encouraging ourselves to do what we love all the time and to make that our life, you know? And I think it's good to hear those kinds of messages at least weekly because without it, you get stuck in like this whole big, you know thought process of doubt and you start to convince yourself out of it that's awesome for some reason society can be kind of brutal on us sometimes that it can be oh, hard yeah. to chase dreams or to do something that you might get a little bit of ridicule for mm-hmm. uh, h- how would you say you cope with that doubt or, or what are some experiences that you've had that have been able to make you push through and not just for a podcast but all of the other things that you've been able to do great question I think if there's one thing that I could just tell people is to do what they love because I've lived the life not doing what I love and I hated it (laughs) and I hated myself. So that's, I guess, motivation enough for me. Uh, A lot of what a lot of people don't know is I am a communication major studying marketing, advertising, social media, and I primarily am doing that because it helps me pursue what I really love to do of speaking and podcasting and music and all that. Um, But at first I was a nursing major 
And my whole life up until being a nursing major, I was pursuing that path. And and I kind of had that instilled in my mind through family and through people who, you know, they've lived a life of being financially broken. And they're like, hey, you have to pursue medical. You have to pursue something that's going to give you some sustainability and some money and support the rest of your life. And don't get me wrong, I love helping people. I was a lifeguard with you. I mean, I love met the medical stuff. Nursing fascinated me. Um, but every second that I was pursuing that major, I felt suffocated that I wasn't doing beatboxing mm. and that I wasn't performing or speaking with people. Now I'm rambling. I don't even remember the true core of your, your, <laughs> your question. But basically, I just I feel like I've lived a life of unhappiness and I'm not like super successful. I don't have a ton of money or anything like that. And I still have a lot further to go. But now purely because I'm doing what I like, my life is drastically different, like in a much better way. Yeah, for sure. I think pursuing in life too is like finding something that you love, uh, gives you more fulfillment in life because you see plenty of people who have plenty of money who mm -hmm. are not happy or they can have all the fame and the fortune or, or whatever. And they, they are miserable. Yeah. And so I do think there is something to finding out like what makes you you and then how to find a way to make it worth living, I think is something that's essential. So, yeah. Well, cause it's a part of you. I think that's important too, is like when you're trying to ask yourself, what is it that I love to do? What is it that I'm supposed to do? Like, I think people think too hard about it. And so they start to convince themselves that they're not good at anything, that they don't love this one certain thing, you know, but it's really just naturally kind of who you are what do you gravitate toward and that's that's what you should do all the time right i also think uh one of the questions that i thought of uh that i wanted to ask you that i feel like benefits and kind of embodies what your podcast is mm -hmm. is too many times people don't see the work of what people put in to get the product we just see the product it's the iceberg yeah picture yeah <laughs> exactly and i think something that would be interesting to listeners is it wasn't one day you woke up watched a youtube video and then you could beatbox yeah like, there's so much more that i'm that i'm no, assuming because i wasn't it. there no, i'm just kidding oh <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, like i woke up just you know god-given talent just did it yeah but i do think that there is a um a process yeah that there is a process and there's things that people you know, that they can see. And I guess, what was that process for you? In learning how to beatbox? Mm -hmm. uh, well, first of all, I should say that my family, they're all like my mom, my dad, my sister, they can all three sing very well. And growing up, you know, my dad really loved listening to just pop music. And so we were listening to like Celine Dion and Britney Spears and NSYNC all the time. And when we, I, I know our favorite was, was in sync and like as a family, we'd all sing along kind of a thing. And I couldn't <laughs> because I was so terrible at, at singing. And, and my mom, I mean, I love her to death, but she was like, don't sing. You're bad at it. This is Haley's <laughs> thing. You know, this mm -hmm. is, this is our thing that we sing. You got to find some other way to contribute because <laughs> you're ruining it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, which I definitely was, but, um, I was, I remember one specific evening we were watching an NSYNC concert on TV and Justin Timberlake came out and walked to the center of the stage and in front of... Where were you sitting? Where, where was I? Yeah. I, well, I was on the couch. Like, so we were just watching it on oh, TV. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you said you were in the concert. Okay, so you were <laughs> no. watching it on TV. Yeah, cool, no, cool. I was just watching it on TV. But he walks to the center of the stage and in front of 
you know, the 35,000 people at Madison Square Gardens that he was performing in front of, and then millions of viewers, you know, nationally or even around the world, he didn't sing. He beatboxed. And that was my very first time ever seeing beatboxing. And I was just mind blown. I was like, this guy sounds like drums with his face. Right. <laughs> and like, it just blew my mind. Like he, he's, con- he's a contributing band member, not only because he could sing, but because NSYNC was an acapella group first, you know, and he was their beatboxer. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I can contribute that way. So I, I remember trying to do it and not being too shabby. I mean, I definitely was bad, but I, I think my mom could tell that I was really passionate about that thing. And so this next year for Christmas, uh, she got me, uh, so I was like turning 10, she got me uh, that concert on VHS tape. Oh, cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow, that really dates us. You know? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes so me, old. <laughs> makes me feel old. Uh, That's hilarious. It was VHS tape, and I watched it and tried to do it uh-huh. with Justin Timberlake, and then I rewinded it and did it over and over and over again until as a 9 or 10-year-old, I don't remember which, <laughs> I could do every single thing Justin Timberlake could do in that concert beatboxing-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took weeks, you know, of me practicing with him. And then, you know, as technology advanced and as internet got more popular and YouTube became a thing, I realized that there was another, like I wasn't alone. Like there were a community of beatboxers on YouTube. And so I started watching tons of YouTube channels and tons of YouTube videos of beatboxers and seeing kind of their way of doing things. But one thing for sure, even as like a 14 year old, I did not want to be a copycat and mm-hmm. I didn't I want I didn't want to copy what someone else was doing. I wanted to create my own style. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of pulled like, you know, ideas and inspiration from what they were doing and built my own way of beatboxing. That's cool. And so also the other question I had for you was uh that first performance that you do to beatbox. Mm-hmm. Uh I know I think you talked a little bit about it in our podcast. I can't remember. Maybe. But I definitely think there's a process. Mm-hmm. And every time it's like public speaking, the more you do it, the better you get at it. doesn't yes. mean you're good at it, but it means you get better at it. <laughs> yeah. And right? more confident. Yeah, exactly. And so I guess what's been the process, go a little, if you want to, if you can go step by step on some of those first performances that you had and getting comfortable. Like when was the first time you felt comfortable? Okay. So first performance, I guess if you could call it that was in the cafeteria at Hawthorne Middle School in Pocatello, you know? Cool. Um, but what it was is we, I was waiting in this really long, freaking long line for lunch, mm-hmm. right? And I was just getting bored. And I kind of accidentally started beatboxing um, just because I was bored. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I was tapping my foot to the song that was going on. And my friend was like, whoa, that's freaking cool, you know? And so he was like, hey, you guys, look. And then before I knew it, I had a, a circle of people around me. Right. Uh, all watching me beatbox, like 30, 40, 50 kids all being like, whoa, that's sick, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then the teacher, there was a te- or the principal that came up, he saw it. He was like, hey, how, how would you like to perform at our next assembly? And that was that was it. That was like the first real, like, performance opportunity I had and I was scared because that was I mean all my friends and peers and you know lots of social <laughs> pressure those either yeah. athletes cheerleaders you know what I mean like yeah, for all sure. the different kids that are there and it was it was terrifying but I did it and I felt so much better that I did it and then I got more confident because no one in that room was unimpressed 
cool. You know, like yeah. every single person in there was just like, that was cool, Parker. And I was like, whoa, okay, maybe I've got something here. Right, for sure. And junior high, like it's a brutal time, man. Yeah. Like most of the times kids are, they're savages. Like, yep. you know, <laughs> it really is. There's, they're unforgiving. So you mess yep. up on something like that, you know, it could be, you could have gone the other way. It could have been damaging and it could have been mm-hmm. difficult. So where'd you go from there then? What would you say is your next? Dude, next stop. I'm going to totally sound like one of those entrepreneur guys out there. <laughs> uh grinding man yeah i just started trying to get every opportunity i could and i literally phone calls knocking on doors i i literally uh found out where a guy lived that (laughs) that would was working at the eastern idaho state fair Mm -hmm. and i and i found his phone number i found his email and i and i found every way i could to contact this guy and i was just like let me perform at the state fair uh-huh. And so I started getting state fair gigs. So this is like high school time, yeah? Yeah, this was like 14, 15, 16. Cool. 17 even. Uh, I got state fair gigs. I got a bunch of different county fair gigs. And then I was looking for talent shows too because, I mean, a lot of the gigs I was getting, they were all free. And so I wanted to try to make money doing this. Right. And so I was like, well, talent shows, if I can win... Mm -hmm. I'll make, or if I could even place, I'll get a few hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. So I've been in, I don't know how many different talent shows and, you know, between the 14 to 17 year old range, Mm -hmm. I was winning talent shows and making like a few hundred, couple thousand dollars just by doing that. Um, And then what I found interesting too, and and this is where I kind of gained my whole outlook on just saying yes to things and Mm -hmm. taking opportunities but every gig I had and every talent show I participated in, another opportunity came of it, which is really cool. Yeah, you know? definitely. Like, I met Terry Fader uh, and his manager when I was, like, 17, 16 or 17, at the State Fair doing a talent show. Um, and in that one, I don't, I don't even think I placed or anything. But just by being there, I met some cool people who I'm still connected with today, you know, on Facebook and they've helped me get some other opportunities and it's just kind of a a rolling boulder going down the hill once you just push it over that ledge it just keeps rolling yeah for sure and I think that's what people need to realize is it wasn't people who see you they're like oh there's the beatbox guy it wasn't that you came out of the womb the beatbox guy like (laughs) it's a process and it's a process to become um something that you want and that's what's cool so like if, if I'm getting what you're saying accurately it's like there were so many years of of just grinding and doing this way before the mcdonald's video happened right you know yeah and that and i think that's what people need to know is that there's a whole i don't know it's a process it's a reason you don't watch a movie and it's just boom that person becomes who they're supposed to (laughs) yeah you you watch the movie like you have to go through the whole story you know yeah and sometimes it's it will have its twists and turns do you think that you had what would you say was the hardest time going through all this or, or I guess the, um, the time that somebody said you're not, I mean, did you ever have somebody say you're not good at this or people that are said, this is dumb or like, I don't get it kind of a thing. Dude, still today. <laughs> yeah, I, get I that, believe it. You know? And like, even I, I will say too, like, again, I love my family so much and they're super supportive, but back in those beginning stages, you know, when I was just spitting everywhere and being <laughs> super right. annoying, um, my, my mom and sister and, and grandparents and stuff, I feel like everyone was just kind of like, what 
what are you gonna do with this you know yeah but it was it was when that mcdonald's video hit and when i was getting recruited for you know america's got talent and for different tv appearances and commercials and stuff that my like my friends and family and everyone were just like okay he can do it you know and they started to believe extra in me um but i mean yeah even friends family acquaintances followers on social media like everybody doubts i even i doubt you know a lot of the time but if you can just push through that and and tell yourself you know hey you're the man you can do this nothing's impossible you know yeah it's like do you know how old justin timberlake was when he created nsync because he's the leader like he's the one who created it do you know how old he was i I would guess 18 that would be my guess he was like 14 really wow yeah i had no idea you know what i mean and it's just like if he could do it, <laughs> you know, if he, I mean, now we look at him like super idolized, like he's this amazing dude, right? Which is true. But, um, people probably weren't thinking that when he was 14 thinking, oh, I should start my own group, you know, like it's hard to see before it ever happens. Oh yeah. And then when it, hindsight for it, sure. Yeah. And then when it happens, people are like, okay, this is going to work. It makes sense. So with that being said, one of the questions that somebody wanted to ask you that I feel like goes along with this mm-hmm. is you get older, you're 18. I mean, just like you said, you have Justin Timberlake, but who's somebody that inspired you to be better? Uh, I'm sure through those times of adversity, you had to, I mean, hopefully somebody helped out or, or kind of gave you motivation. Oh, definitely. Um, there's a few, I mean, if we're talking friends and family, there's a few family. I would definitely say my sister, she encouraged it. And it's because she's extremely musically talented and like wanted to do music videos and stuff. And I really loved that she was passionate about that as well. So we kind of became a team and then, um, friends, you know, just a few close friends in high school that were like, they could always just capture that vision. And still some of them do. Like if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, my friend Hadley Workman has called and he's a he's one of my patrons and he's someone who, you know, when I throw out there, hey, I'm going to need some questions. He always throws questions at me like he is still supporting me like what, ten, like eight years later, you know, like yeah. from, from the time I met him, like he was supportive when we were 14 and he's supportive now. And it's like, he's someone who always caught that vision that like one day Parker's going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there, there are some close friends and family out there that were, that were good inspirations and people that uplifted me. As far as people who are, you know, out of my reach <laughs> that helped me, 100% Ryan Tedder, the lead singer of One Republic, and Gary Vaynerchuk. Those two guys and the content that they make and put out there are things that have been motivating me for the last like three or four years. That's awesome. That's cool. And I think it's important people need to find who they want to inspire them, you know, like what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And ask yourself, who do you want to be like? Like the best version of you, you know, your dream, what kind of person is that that has already made it, Mm -hmm. you know? And for me, Gary Vaynerchuk, he has a podcast and he's speaking all the time and he's influencing a bunch of people and it's like, I want that, you know? Yeah. And then Ryan Tedder is more of the music side of it. Incredible songwriter, knows everything about the industry. And he only, he has the same ideas that I have when it comes to being clean 
and putting out content that uplifts. So like you're never going to find a bad one or public song that has any kind of bad message or like irrelevant or stupid message. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you're always going to find one or public songs that are out there to make you better as the listener and to really connect with it. Yeah. And so sure. between the two of those guys, like I just want to be like them one day. And so it's easier to relate with. Definitely. And I actually think that answers a couple of questions on here. One of them asks, ideally, who is your podcast for? And I think with that answer, you're kind of saying like, hey, if you have a dream, it's for the people that need to know how to go do it. And your dream can be anything, whether it's owning a grocery store on the block or if it's, you know, being a dad or if it's literally going out mm-hmm. there and creating amazing content like One Republic or yep. or Gary. You know, there's there's all these other options that I think people just need to figure out what they do and what they love. And I, I think you answered that. I think that goes right along with what, you know, people people are uh, looking for um granted a little <laughs> bit different which i liked this question was how do you think things would be different if you weren't pursuing this path oh for sure i'd be like a, in a depressed state i think for sure in fact can we talk about that My, yeah. like a dep- like the depression story sorry i want to be upbeat <laughs> and yeah, uplift yeah. and uplifting and all that but w- if we're going to talk about trenches and like my past I've never been like super open about this and I think this is a good platform to do so, which is another reason why I started a podcast was because I could be more vulnerable with a bunch more people who actually care. Yeah. You know? Well, that's why people listen to podcasts is because Mm -hmm. it's not, it's unfiltered and it's something that it's a conversation. It's like, Mm -hmm. we've got two other chairs in here and we're filling them up with whoever's listening. So yeah, for sure. No. So, uh, again, started college as a nursing major, um, and in 2015-ish, I'd been in college for, you know, two or two semesters, three semesters, and I just wasn't happy. I had just gotten home from my, uh, or I've been, I'd been home for like a year uh, after my two-year mission for the LDS church, you know, and I just slipped into this huge state of depression, but no one could tell <laughs> because I would just act happy, you know, and I think that's the case for a lot of people. I think if you knew how many people actually felt super down and depressed all the time, you'd be surprised because we think everyone's happy, but they may not be. But yeah, 2015, I was just, you know, I served a mission. I had like 12 or 13 guys I was companions with who all of which were married, you know, in the first year of being home. Uh, And I was like, oh, how come I'm not meeting a girl? Mm -hmm. You know, how come I don't have a job yet or a good job or any good money flowing in? How come I can't get the A's on my test? How come I don't know what to study? You know, I just started asking myself, like, why am I not all these things? And why is everybody else all these things? And so I got really, really depressed and it dragged on and on and on. Um, And it got to the point where I was like suicidal and I had suicidal tendencies and I didn't want to be here anymore. And feeling that way just sucks you know like there's no hope but luckily I have the religion that I do (laughs) right and I was just like I've got to give it one last prayer and I got to admit myself into counseling and, and whatever and just I mean I don't have to tell anyone I'll just do it you know yeah which by the way that was a joke because everywhere around here that has that offers counseling or whatever is like a four week wait because they are just so jam packed with how many people need them, you know? Yeah. But the counseling center 
didn't have time for me. And so that was what kind of sparked the whole, I got to give it one last prayer. In that prayer, I definitely wouldn't advise praying like this, but I I was angry and in my head, I was like screaming at God. I was like, hey, if you want me to get a girlfriend, like you better give her to me because like I'm doing all the right things and I don't know why it's not working. I'm following all the commandments. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want me to get a good job or to succeed, you got to present the opportunity. I've done all that I could do. If you want me to get good grades or find a different major, you've got to show me that's the plan because I've done all I can do. Uh, and if you want me to succeed with music and beatboxing, you're going to have to show me if that's the right choice or not, because if not, I'm out, you know? Mm -hmm. And not only, like, it's really sad to think about, but like my mindset was like, I'm out from pursuing beatboxing. Like I'll just dive all into being a nurse, you know? But my mind also at that time was teetering with like, I'm just out period. Like there's no point for me to be here if I can't do those things. And for some reason I just felt so relieved after that prayer and I felt like he was there with me, which, you know, honestly, I feel like I don't feel that way very often in my prayers, but at that time I for sure did. And this is the catch, dude. This is the part of this, like, this is the whole, you know, under the iceberg part of the story that people just don't know. But that week I had a video go internationally viral of me beatboxing with that McDonald's cup. And that was an answer to my prayer. So not only was that video like funny and cool and weird and whatever people want to say it is, but not only did that video take off and get over a billion views and like bring a lot of success and opportunities, but like that was my answer to my prayer. And that was like the thing, like the thing that took me from a depressed, miserable state to being like, okay, He wants me, he doesn't want me to not pursue beatboxing. Like it's here for me to take and to run with. And I just started saying yes to every single opportunity. And I rode that viral wave for three plus years and I'm still kind of riding it. You know, I still get people that are like, Hey, you're that guy. Like, do you want to come perform at this event? And I got a girlfriend, which that lasted like six months, but like, I think Heavenly Father knew at that time that's what I needed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got a job. I got money. I got a bunch of gigs. Um, he answered my prayer like totally. It's like one of those light switch moments. Like I went from the light switch being off and everything dark to the light switch being on and everything lit up and working. And so I switched majors, became a comm major. <laughs> like yeah. everything shifted and my life totally changed for the better. And so now, like, not only do I want to follow those things and do what I love, but I want to tell other people that they can do it. You know, I know that there's a lot of people out there that feel exactly how I felt. And I know that this podcast and with whatever I'm doing, (laughs) I don't, I'm not the most like directed and, and pinpointed in person, but like with whatever I'm doing, I want to influence people. What was your feelings watching the likes go up on that on that video and the and the reach out? Well, can you express a little bit of those feelings and kind of what that was like? I don't know if I can because it's so challenging, but like I'll tell you this like an example or an experience. At the time I was living at bunkhouse apartments uh, here in Rexburg and 
I had a few roommates that were all with me and they were all there at the McDonald's and they like filmed it and stuff. So they were like stoked that it was getting lots of views too. And at that point I was like, I want a million views on a video before the video went viral. Like I aspired to be a YouTuber and like have a million Uh subscribers and stuff. Um, and so I was sitting in the living room with my roommates and we were literally refreshing the feed just over and over and over again on Facebook. And I watched it go from like 999,000, you know what I mean? Yeah. To... One million and one. Uh-huh. I watched it cross that line, and dude, I started crying. I started crying. I did, and I fell to my knees, and my roommates all gathered around me and hugged me, and it was like this big, special experience, you know. And then, like we just, we actually said a prayer like a few minutes later, and we we're just like, we're so grateful for the impact this video is having and what it could do for us, you know. Yeah. Um, but to see it go from one million to you know, celebrities sharing it and getting billions of views, that was like, I mean, I don't know how to answer your question because I don't, I mean, I feel totally normal. Like, yeah, <laughs> I eat ramen with my roommates just like everybody else, right, you know? Right. But like at the same time, it's really super cool that that's happening. Um, so I don't really know how to comprehend it. Yeah, no, that's such a powerful story. I think people need to realize those are the moments to live for. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, we're not going to all have a million view moment, but we're yeah. definitely going to, we can have those feelings of things that, I, you know, I, quick story when I, uh, growing up in high school, I was a high school swimmer yeah. and, uh, I swam all before high school started when I was 13. And, uh, when I became a freshman making state was all I wanted to do state qualifying times. Now I'm from Idaho as well. Swimming's not that mm-hmm. big out here. You know, there are definitely faster States than Idaho, but to me it was everything. And I remember my first time that I wanted to qualify an event. Uh, my coach literally, we had a swim meet. It was at eight o'clock at night. We finished the meet. I missed my cut by probably like 0.8. Wow. And I was so devastated. And I remember my coach being like, ask the people who ran the clocks and the officials, he says, let's run that again. Mm-hmm. Cause all you have to do is have that time to vent out of, out of, out of you all, all you had to do is have that time in an event. Yeah. And I remember sitting there going, I got to get this. And we went over and over and over. I remember I did at least three times trying to hit this qualifying time. Wow. By this point is nine 30. Everybody's left. We're the only ones in the pool, me, my parents <laughs> and my coach. Yeah. And I didn't get it. And it wasn't until I, st- I still made it. I made it on a relay team. I was fast enough to swim on a relay team, but it didn't make it in my individual event. And then I remember my sophomore year, I finally hit that time that I tried to hit. I remember blowing out of the water. And I just remember that, like, that feeling of excitement. And I think people listening, and the whole point of this podcast is that they're going to find out you can keep having these moments and experiences. Yeah. And it, and it is. It's an uplifting story where you get to watch those views. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I hope people have at least can find a desire to go do that, those kinds of things, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's the thing is, like you said, it's not, it doesn't have to be rare. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can look at a bunch of opportunities like that. And there have been a bunch of opportunities that have happened since then that are, I'm equally as excited. Oh, yeah. You know, the, those special moments, I mean, I wish everybody could know, um, but it's hard to, it's hard to get to like a comfortable enough level to like talk about those things Oh yeah, in a quick, you know, recognition spot at Walmart where they're like, Hey, you're that guy. And like, right. 
can you do a Snapchat and beatbox my name real quick? You know, like Mm -hmm. in those kind of quick interactions, it's hard to let them know like, oh, by the way, there's this whole other deeper side to the story where I was like super depressed and like everything wasn't working and how much hitting a million views meant to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just really hard to kind of point that out in those quick interactions. Well, that's awesome. I love those stories. Those are quality. Uh, We'll just hit a couple of these other questions, I feel like, before we're ending. Got some other funny ones that people wanted to ask. I think they're kind of interesting as well. Okay. Um, Let's just crank out a couple of these. Uh, How do you handle people you don't like? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, You know, that definitely feels like a Hadley question, so I'm going to think Hadley sent that to me. (laughs) Um, To be honest, I just ignore him. (laughs) Like, it's, uh, I mean... I will definitely like if I have to if I have to be around them like if it's someone I don't like in a school project or something, uh-huh. then I'll be nice and polite, but I probably won't speak very much. Yeah. Um, but then if I don't have to be with them, I just don't surround myself with them. They're not in. They're not in my view. I like it. Uh, hey, you got to do something to block out the hate, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, another one I loved that kind of goes along with it. Um, if everyone had one rule that they had to follow, what would be that rule? Dude, the thing is, that's supposed to be a fun question, but, like, I would definitely go more serious route with <laughs> okay. it. Okay. And, like, I would just say to be kind. Yeah, I like that. You know, like, I was just talking about this on one of my previous episodes with Charity Hatterley, but it's just, like, it's not that hard to yeah. just be nice. I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> Life would be easier if people did that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, And then my last one for you. Dude, let's crank out, like, ten more. You want to do 10 more? Okay, just, let's do just it. Just quick ones. I'll try to be brief with the answer. Okay, deal. What's the dumbest way you've been injured? Uh, playing basketball, I tried to do a layup, and I tripped. <laughs> and I broke my finger. <laughs> oh, man, that's terrible. I mean, I'm glad it was just my finger. I could have broke my nose or something. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, favorite quote and why? I don't even remember who it's by, and I'm definitely going to botch how it's said, but the... If you don't want to do something, you'll find every excuse not to do it. But if you do want to do something, you'll find every opportunity to do it. I I can't remember who said that. Google it, guys. Tell me who tell me who said it. Michael but. Scott, paper company. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think that was it. Uh, I like this one a lot. How buttery is your popcorn at the theater? <laughs> Uh, I actually hate popcorn. You hate popcorn? So, well, okay. Yeah, I, we can't be friends anymore. I, I love popcorn, <laughs> dude. I, I didn't used to, but ever since, you know, last year, this is another thing we could have talked about, but I had a big, big surgery on my throat uh-huh. that um, potentially would ruin everything I was trying to do with beatboxing and I would never be able to beatbox again kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Luckily, that didn't happen, but now, like, I just hate eating popcorn because it doesn't feel right going down my throat. Really? Yep. Man, I love my popcorn so buttery. I take a straw, and I put it in, and I let the butter get down into the middle of the popcorn because nothing's worse than only having the butter on the top, and then- Dude, that's smart. You eat all the top, and then there's no butter at the bottom. So anyways, but I don't want to be that needy person that says, hey, can you put butter (laughs) on the bottom? Anyways, talking too much about popcorn. Um, What's one thing that if you could go back in time and change from your life- whether that be doing homework in school or asking someone out on a date, what would you change and why? I think you could go either way. It could be something big or something embarrassing. Yeah, okay, an embarrassing moment <laughs> that I wish I could just disappear. I felt I felt so bad, but, like, um, I think it was at school here. I was doing a performance with, like, a band or, or something, and my sister was in it. Uh-huh. And I was going to be, like, 
that guy that introduced all the members of the band uh-huh. and like my everything just spaced and I couldn't remember anyone's name, oh. like even my sister's name. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I was, I was just like, all right, let me introduce you guys to, oh, oh awkward silence because <laughs> I don't know who I'm performing with, you know? Oh, man. But that sucked. Dude. That's that, terrible. Thousands of people, 4,000 at least. Uh, somebody put, this is a touchy subject, but iPhone or Android? Android, for yeah, sure. I'm right there with you. Um, another, uh, just like basic ones, like what's your favorite restaurant, favorite movie? Um, I'll do a favorite TV show instead. How about yeah, that? <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nice for sure. That is the best TV show. And like, I don't watch movies a ton, but like, I will rewatch Brooklyn Nine Nine. And then favorite restaurant. Um, I'm just gonna have to go with McDonald's because they're I'm a, I'm sponsored and nice endorsed plug. and an endorsed <laughs> partner by them. <laughs> no, no nice. I'm just kidding. I like it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love. I love pasta and stuff, so like Johnny Carino's, Olive Garden, cool. stuff like that. But I mean, McDonald's has supported me the most. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, this one I like just because of dating themes for myself, which I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, what's the right age to get married? You know, I actually just heard Gary Vanderchuck talk about this. Uh-huh. Like two yeah, days. Yeah, you sent me the video. It was good. I'd, wait, how many was it? Like two days ago? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that one. He basically said, like, if you're married before 30, you're wasting, like, precious time to really set up the life you need for you and your spouse, which I think is a little bit extreme. But then also, you know, LDS culture, BYU-Idaho, BYU culture, getting married, like, super young. I also think that's kind of dumb. So for me, it's just obviously whenever it feels right for you and who you're dating. Uh, but also I I would say between... Between 23 and 26 okay, is like a good age to get married. Nice. And I'm 26, so like I'm about to exceed <laughs> that. Yeah, I'm 25, so it sounds like I got a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think, honestly, getting married at, you know, the national average right now is like 34. Really? For marriage. It's pretty, it's, I, mean, I mean, to us it sounds like super old, but like everywhere else, that's pretty normal age to get married. Right. And if you look at TV shows like New Girl or Happy Endings or Friends even, you know, mm-hmm. like those college or not even college, but just like um, roommate TV shows, roommate situations. Yeah, yeah. They're not young, dude. No, they're old. These are all roommates like in a big city and they're like 30, 35, 40. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They're like sure. They're like up there. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that. So I think 20, 23 to 26. Nice. I like it. With that being said, speaking of the girl, what do you look for in a girl? <laughs> Sounds so desperate, but someone who likes me back, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Man, there is nothing wrong with that. No, that, I mean, definitely that, but also I am extremely attracted to girls who have their own goals and aspirations. Cool. I really, it, the biggest turnoff is a girl that has zero plans. Right. But a girl that knows, like, hey, I want to own my own beauty salon, or mm-hmm. a girl that's like, I want to be a musician, or whatever, you know? Um, a girl that has a good head on her shoulders and knows what she wants to do and is trying to do what she loves to do. Uh, a lot of these ones I feel like you've already answered. Or if you just listen to your podcast, you'll know. Uh... Yeah, a lot of these probably came from Instagram, too, which... Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't know if very many of my Instagram followers are listeners to, of this podcast. <laughs> I think most of the listeners are coming from Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, what's your favorite podcast? 
Gary Vanderchuk audio experience. Um, hands down, I listen to that one every single day. Um, I feel like that's gotta that's gotta be it. I mean, I listen to some other marketing ones and stuff, but that one's like the most motivational for me. Nice. Uh, what uh, do you have any pets? I have one. Her name's Jessie. She's 11 years old, and she's a dog. What kind of dog is she? So she's German Shepherd, Healer, and Fox. Nice. Yeah, super cute. That's a cute dog. If you had unlimited money, but you only had one purchase, what would you buy? Oh, gosh. My answer is a bank. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's clever. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's a good one. Honestly, I think I'd purchase like an event center or something like that where they hold concerts. Oh, dope. Um, but I would make it into like a multi-purpose thing where like not only do concerts and stuff happen there, but also like there's it's just lined with bunches of recording studios and stuff that are open to the public and to anyone who wants to record things. Yeah. That's cool. I like that answer. Like honestly, one of the biggest challenges, and you probably know this too with your podcast, um, one of the biggest challenges with pursuing speaking, podcasting, music, YouTube, whatever, anything creative nowadays, you have to have like your own equipment and it's all mm-hmm. expensive. And like people who maybe don't have money or like the most ideal setup in life, they don't have those things. No, it's true. And so it's like, it'd be cool, you know, just a service to the community to have a place where like, you can go maybe spend a few bucks or something and just like use some high quality equipment. I like that. What would you name it? Oh, man, I don't know. Upbeat Center. Oh, okay. I, I don't like know. That. Going, I like that. going off the podcast wordplay. <laughs> Sweet. I like it. Okay. Last question. Somebody put this on here and I thought it'd be cool if you ended the podcast this way. Uh, somebody said, can you teach me how to beatbox? So give us a 40 second tutorial. All right. 100% I will teach you private sessions if you want for free just hit me up um but real quick 40 40 second session the letter p is bass t is hi-hat k is snare and if you loop it p-t-k-t it's um and then if you want to sound cool in front of your friends you could whisper uh, the word Chewy, you know, like Chewbacca from Star Wars. His name's Chewy. If you go, chewy, chewy, chewy. so PTK Chewy, um, and then the symbol crash is just like SH. And if you want to make it crash more or sound more poppy, you could do a P in front, so PSH. But yeah. Sick. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for listening. That's our episode of Upbeat. Oh, man, that was so fun, you guys. Thanks for listening, and thanks, JD, for interviewing me. Once again, interviewing with JD Packer. He's in an older episode of Upbeat, Cold Feet with JD Packer. It's episode four. Go check it out. Also, check out his podcast, Love Talk with JD Packer. It's an incredible podcast where he shares dating stories and love stories, the funny ones, the serious ones, you name it. It's a really, really good podcast. So go check that out. Again, this was such a fun opportunity. Thank you guys for sending in some questions. We weren't able to get to all of them. It was a really, really big list, but it was definitely fun answering the questions and being the interviewee this time instead of the interviewer. It's really, really cool. So we might do this 
this again sometime. But before I close out of this episode real quick, I just wanted to let you know why I did an episode like this and why we chose to do it on episode 15. Well, the answer was kind of within the episode because of the good questions that you guys sent in and the questions that JD was asking me. But I was able to share my story with you and be a little bit more vulnerable and share with you about a time in my life where I was extremely depressed and was having you know suicidal thoughts and tendencies. And then after a one last prayer experience, I finally felt like I got my prayers answered and I finally felt loved and I finally felt happy and you know my video went viral and it was confirmed that i was supposed to pursue these things and you know now i'm just a lot happier because i'm doing what i love and i want that for other people as well just do what you love and find more happiness that's the point of this entire podcast but anyway that realization that process that event all the things that took place that kind of shaped me into this person that very pivotal pivotal <laughs> pivotal time in my life uh, that all happened in October 2015. And so 15 became a very special number to me. And I figured, hey, for, you know, Upbeat's 15th episode, let's make it a special and let's do things differently. And let's have JD come in here and interview me and give me an opportunity to share that story and also answer any of your questions that you guys had for me. So thank you guys for participating and for listening in and for accepting me and for letting me let you into my life and be a little bit more vulnerable. I freaking love that about podcasts. What we're doing right now just cannot happen in its truest form on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. So thank you for being a part of this podcast family, this upbeat family. I am so stoked for where this is going. And I just appreciate you guys so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you guys have a good freaking week. Be safe. And I will see you next time. <laughs>